It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. How you doing? Well, that's good. You're listening to PHLY Flyers. That's right, PHLY. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. With me, as always, the city's number one Philadelphia Flyers beat reporter, Charlie O'Connor. What's going on today, Chuck? Hey, it's me. I'm back from scenic Allentown. <laughs> How was it? It was pretty good. You know, there's a reason why there's multiple songs written about that town. You know, I, uh, I've been up to the Phantoms uh, Arena in that area one time for the AHL All-Star Game a couple years ago um great it's cool actually arena, a very nice little downtown spot got an excellent burger and a beer like right across the street from the uh from the rink it's not a bad time up there it's funny actually so the rink the arena is gorgeous i've actually been there not just for like to cover phantoms games but also i've been to a couple, couple concerts there fun arena cool vibe and they were actually like slowly building up the street right across from the arena it was funny as i was leaving i think it was saturday's game because saturday's game ended fairly early it was a beautiful night and they had a band playing it was a cover band i think they were playing like guns and roses no, or i love something. a good cover band. it was pretty cool CIL, but baby. the problem was is as i'm walking by <laughs> i'm like ah, oh, that's pretty cool they're creating nightlife around here and then i look over in the little alleyway it's it's basically like one of those outdoor mall type things yeah, it's yeah. very nice and i look in and there were maybe like seven people and i say you know i, I like Slowly the idea i like the effort and there were some people with flyer jerseys on so they were coming from the game there's potential here but clearly it's not the place where all the kids in allentown go to hang out on saturday night well not, until, not yet uh, not until the F- phantom season starts then i'm sure it's a it's a poppin' place. Oh, of course. Charlie was up in Allentown on a Friday and Saturday to catch these rookie games. Uh, the first one streamed, and the second one was actually on television. Yes. So a lot of people were able to catch these games. But we are here to break them down for you, at least to start the show, because, I mean, hell, it's it's what we talked about for the entire first week of the existence of this podcast. Sure did. Was uh, the you know beginning of rookie camp and the hope going forward for some of these prospects to make the team. Uh, not exactly the effort I think we were looking for. Flyers lose uh, both games of the rookie series to the Rangers 
Rangers 4-2 on Friday, 3-1 on Saturday. Season's over. It's 0-82. Oh, I, I mean, the, the prospects are all busts. <laughs> Obviously, the big team is going down. Uh, <laughs> where do we begin? But I guess we just start with garbage the, franchise. Yeah, just absolute. Relocate the team. Probably, sell the team. Yeah, like it, all start these, over. All these renovations they've done to the <laughs> Wells Fargo Center. It's like, well, sorry, we're going to have to implode the place. I guess so. Uh, but no, we're going to we're going to break down some of the uh, performances that we saw in these rookie games. We spent a lot of time last week talking about Tyson Forster and how we are really looking forward to seeing how he handles this preseason, you know, in your uh, categories of, you know, who's actually fighting for spots on the team. Tyson Forster was the lone favorite, a dude we think could actually be suiting up for the orange and black uh, in October. Not many people excited about what they saw about Forster in uh, either Friday or Saturday, Charlie. What did you think of his performance? Yeah, he definitely disappointed. I, I thought in the beginning, probably the first period of Friday's game, I thought he looked good. I thought he was involved in chances. He was making some plays. He did some some nice little puck maneuvers, creating uh, zone entries for himself. He almost scored on a one-timer on the power play, but the goalie made a really good save. And it looked like it was shaping up to be a really good weekend for him. And then he just kind of disappeared, slowly but surely. Now, he was still active along the boards. He looks like a stronger player than he was before, which is good, and it speaks to what what Lappy has talked about, about how hard he worked in the summer. So it wasn't all bad. But when you're a guy who's going to make the team because you're a scorer and you don't score a point against a bunch of rookies and prospects and some of these guys are 18, 19 years old who they were playing against for the Rangers, it's a bit concerning, especially coming off of last year where you had guys like Noah Cates in the rookie game excel, Ole Lixell in the rookie game excel, like guys who were nearly ready to make that push or fully ready to make that push for a roster spot they stood out you were just expecting more from Forrester and while it doesn't mean that he's not going to make the team it's concerning that he didn't stand out more it's we're always looking for them to like check the boxes along the way yes and he could have an outstanding main camp he could have a great regular season but for rookie weekend there's a there's a red x there's he didn't there's not a green check mark you know exactly uh, so it, it's just a little bit of a bummer especially you know i always think of um you know, in spring training, oh man, this pitcher had a bad start. It's like, well, actually, he was just working on developing a changeup that he doesn't actually throw. So he's he's not trying to strike dudes out. He's right. trying to do this one thing. And I think maybe a guy like Forster gonna come in, and it's like, okay, I'm really worried about my board battles or something like that. But one practice in like they had one formal practice before these games you're expecting the skilled guys to kind of just take over yes and that was not on display there's been a little bit i don't know if we call it buzz but i guess if you're looking for a long shot bet and this is not a lead into the DraftKings uh read yet <laughs> but i uh, it should have been like if you're looking for a calder trophy long shot like tyson forster's a guy who on a bad team is going to get a ton of opportunity we think and if he's just going to shoot away like yeah, if he puts in 40, he's got a chance. You look across the way at a couple of teams, you see Adam Fantilli, hat trick, five point game. Uh, I mean, freaking Bedard. Yeah, he's incredible. Uh, just hat trick, four points in his. And it's not as if Forster is in any way comparable, but he also is a couple years older than these dudes, has that advantage. You didn't get that sort of performance out of him. No, you didn't. And one thing I will say, and I'll give Ian LaPerrier credit here, 
he was tough on those guys after the game. We spoke with LaPerrier. He was he was tough on all of them after game one on Friday, which I was a little surprised about because I thought on Friday, well, none of them really scored. And I'm talking Forrester, obviously, headlines this, but also guys like Elliot Desnoyers, Bobby Brink, guys who they're, they're making pushes to try to make this roster out of camp. And Lappy basically said we need to see more from him on Friday. And then on Saturday, I mean, he really, like, didn't bury them, but he made it clear that he was dissatisfied like the quote that jumped out at me the most was hopefully it's a wake-up call for some of them at the end of the day they want to make the big team but they have to do a little bit more and that's very much a you know that's shots fired it's basically like look you can't just cruise into a roster spot you need to to take a good old look at the mirror and say to yourself i didn't do good enough this weekend i need to be a lot better once main camp is not only do i have to be a lot better once main camp starts i have to be a lot better these final couple days of rookie camp to basically get that bad taste out of the mouth of all the flyers brass that were up there and basically everybody was there I, I did not see torts that's not saying he wasn't there I just didn't see him but I saw Danny Briere I saw Brent Flair I saw um, multiple members of the uh, the front office Patrick Sharp was there John LeClaire was there a lot of pl- a lot of, of people in the organization a lot of people with power in the organization were there watching these games and none of those people were going to come away super impressed with what they saw from the guys who were supposed to be making the biggest impact so this is a real kind of like a put up or shut up moment, especially for somebody like Forrester, where, you know, the gauntlet's been thrown down. Now, you know, that first preseason game, those first few days of main camp when he's against NHL players and not just a bunch of, of prospects who might never make it for the Rangers, he needs to play even better than he would have had he excelled in these two rookie camp games. And like the idea that this criticism came from Le Perrier, I know, you know, he's the Phantoms coach, so he has to take on a bit of a different role, but our exposure to Ian LaPerriere was one of those professional best friends we talked about. Like, he was good cop in the locker room when he was up with the big team. Like, okay, yeah, whoever yelled it, you know, whether it was... um whether it was Hack, whether it was Vino, whatever. <laughs> to be sure. Le Perrier would then put your arm around you, his arm around you, and go, okay, but this is what you did well, and this is what we just want to see more out of you. When he goes to Tyson Forster in the media and is like, yeah, we need more. Yeah. Need, that's, that is as high of criticism I've seen him level at anyone. Now, maybe it's different if you cover the Phantoms day to day and like after a game they lose 5 1 or something. He's probably not happy, but. In this role, it's the most critical I've seen him be of anyone. Yeah, and, and this obviously, you know, he's obviously the Phantoms head coach and he's doing the day-to-day to the Phantoms, but this rookie camp was just as much about the big club as it was about his sure. club, just in terms of the fact that guys are preparing for main camp and there is going to be a Lehigh Valley Phantoms camp, but that's later. This was prep for main camp, which means that when he's criticizing these guys, he's criticizing them with the platform of saying, hey, if you never want to play under me ever again you better play better because what you did this weekend that's not going to cut it so uh, Elliot Desnoyers another guy who it sounds like played to his strengths uh, you know winning board battles trying like just working hard doing that detail stuff we talked about but the high end you know maybe he's not going to be one of these dudes in the NHL but in a rookie game in the AHL 
I think we expect to see a little more skill out of him than we saw. Yes, yeah. And there were a lot of little parts of his game I liked. He was real strong on the back check. He was strong in battles. He made some slick passes. Like, he's a good player. And I think he's going to be a good NHL player. But if you're going to make this team, you're not just going to slip on having a good camp especially given the kind of competition he's going to be facing in the bottom six he needs to score some points and one thing that he did do last season by all accounts from the people I've talked to who watch the fans regularly is that he scored a lot of dirty goals he got into the you know into the high danger areas scored some rebound goals you know fought in scrums got a lot of his goals like that as we talked about he led the fans in goals last year it wasn't Tyson Forrester and his big shot it was Elliot Desnoyers and Desnoyers to me in those rookie games he was just on the perimeter too much you know they're just there wasn't enough i wasn't seeing him attacking the, the blue paint that's the probably slot the area. most concerned like yeah you are definitely not going to make a john tortorella no. team and play in the bottom six if you're playing on the perimeter exactly like jake voracek couldn't make a john tortorella team playing on the perimeter <laughs> and he's one of the best perimeter players i've ever seen yeah. i'm just like elliot Desnoyers, you're gonna need to get dirty yeah that's that's what yeah. it comes down and i think to. that to me that's what was missing out of his game and again wake up call this isn't enough. If you're going to make this team out of camp, and I would lean towards him not making the team out of camp just because of the competition, but if he's going to make this team out of camp, you know, he can't just be doing the little things. He can't just be winning puck battles and forcing some turnovers here and there and, you know, blocking a key shot. Like, that's... They have that, a team of those yeah, guys. Yeah, that'll impress, and Torts will remember that, but that's not going to get you on the team. What's going to get you on this team is you scored two goals and got some assists and made some plays and said you said basically made the case that you can't not have me on this team. And that was not the L.A. Denoye that I saw and this weekend. We've talked so much about the competition in this bottom six. They have plenty of guys who are willing to put their head down and do the little to things. To be sure. Uh, Denoye seems effective at them, but he's going to need to stand out beyond that. Yes. Like, they have plenty of dudes who can be on the wing and block a shot. Yeah, of course. It's that's it's the only thing they have. <laughs> it's, it's the only <laughs> thing. Tons of those it's guys. the only thing they're stocked with. <laughs> he needs to show, oh, yeah, and some pucks are going to go in the net sometimes, too. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Bobby Brink is the one. That's most disappointing to me. I mean, Forster because you were just he's the so one much. we expect to see him in the NHL. Yeah, yeah. And Brink at some point, but I never thought he was making the team in October. Like, but when it's oh yeah, five on five, he looks a step behind. Well, shit. That's that was the fear. That's the concern. That's, yeah. yeah, we know he's got the hands. We know he can do. Like, he could probably be in that half wall spot on a power play. It's the five-on-five. Five. Can he keep up? Yeah. Endless. Again, it's first weekend back from the surge or from, you know, finally recovered. He's still got some getting in shape to do. But I would we were hope, told, I, Honestly, I we would were, hope not. But we were told <laughs> yeah. he's in the best shape exactly. he's been in since the injury. Exactly. He's really looking to stand out, and he didn't. Exactly. And I did, like, I liked him on the power play. He he helped set up, I believe it was the first goal on Friday. Uh, it was a nice little... It was the Matt Brown goal, right? Yeah, it was a nice little creative play. He kind of, like, tossed it, and Denver Barkey redirected it on that Matt Brown cleaned Brown up, cleaned up the, the rebound, trash yeah. and put it in so on the power play he was creative he showed his his vision his passing ability he was he was solid laterally skating wise I liked him on the power play 
I did not like him anywhere else. And that was scary because, again, as you said, the big thing with him is he has the weird skating stride, kind of has a little hitch. You know, he's he's better in in short areas than he is in terms of of breaking away from defensemen and whatnot. And it just during those games, it looked like everything that you worry about with him, where it's can he actually separate from NHL defensemen? Because these weren't even NHL defensemen. These were just mostly pro defensemen or guys who could have a pro future and he wasn't able to really separate from those guys what's it going to be like when he's trying to separate from you know even preseason level nhl hockey now again he could he could turn it around he could use this as a wake-up call and he could come out those first few preseason games and kill it i'm sure he's going to get a long look i'm sure he's going to get some games but again this was not a good start towards convincing the doubters of Bobby Brink, of which there are many, that he can get it done at the NHL level. And uh, if you're looking to get it done in the bank account, that's right. You're looking. I, I, you tried. I, I tried. You tried. Uh, football <laughs> is back in full swing with another week of epic games. And who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And uh, new customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Nobody's missing out on the action this season because all DraftKings customers, you know, okay, so you get the sign-up bonus. Cool, but I've been signed up for DraftKings for years. What do I get? Don't worry, they have you back. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this month. That's right, still plenty of football to be played in September. Two new offers every game day. Uh, So get in on NFL Week 2 action and Week 3 coming up with DraftKings Sportsbooks. Download the app now and use code PHLY to sign up. New customers can bet just $5. Take home 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code PHLY. The crown is yours. Here we go. Gambling problem? Yes. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text, or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resorts in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in ONT. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility terms and responsible gambling resources bonus bets expire seven days after issuance eligibility and deposit restrictions apply that's a tough word to read eligibility that's a that's a rough it's a little difficult that's not gonna lie (laughs) charlie's just like i'm trying to support you here charlie's just like did I choose an illiterate person <laughs> to, to host this podcast with me? Semi. You can Semi. read. I can read it's in my head. <laughs> I can read in my head. Fine. That's what I have to say it out loud. That's why like, I do this. Like, I just talk nonsense. I don't right. have to read anything. But, you know. Sometimes you have to read. We got more left. So, uh, no, that was it. Oh, great. That that was it. That was the whole read. Uh, So, yes, Lappy didn't really hold back uh, any of his any of his criticisms about these guys. What did anything? I guess the Forster stuff is what stuck out most because he's the one. Well, and also because Lappy was so complimentary of him last week. It was very clear that Lappy was expecting Forrester to excel in these games. Maybe it's because I had the context of we had just talked about your article yeah. uh, breaking down how Le Perrier was like, oh, no, Forrester's making the team. Exactly. Like Maybe he felt a little... 
I don't want to say like offended, but like, hey, my reputation's on the line. Like, I'm one of the people going to bat for you, Tyson. Yeah. You have to show up in these games. And there's also, and look, far be it for me to act like we in the media have this insane amount of power to influence these players, but you do wonder a little bit if, you know, maybe Forrester got a little comfortable. You know, he he had this great summer. He was really good in the NHL for that eight-game stint, played well in the AHL, and now, first few days of camp, he's getting the hype of, my AHL coach said, I'm basically a lock to make this team. You know, maybe he just didn't quite have that same, I need to go out there and impress everyone kind of motivation that he would have had had that not been the narrative leading to the game. And again, this is what Lappy said. Hopefully this is a wake-up call because now the hype's down low again. Now it's like, well, you know, he's still a favorite, but maybe we've overrated him a little bit, and now he's going to have to go out and prove that narrative wrong. I mean, we just talked on Friday, and it wasn't like pushing. In the, it was just we never hear this about a guy. Oh, yeah, no, he's making like, exactly. It was, I asked the question, doesn't he kind of have to make it the way they're talking about him? And maybe he kind of thought that way too, but Lappy saying this is a wake-up call. Hopefully it's a wake-up call. Hopefully it's a wake-up call. Man, again, we got to watch every game. I want to watch Tyson Forster way more than I want to watch like some dude who's just there because they need a body. Yeah. You know, I, I want to watch Tyson Forster yeah, personally. So do I. Uh, but we did see some of that. I need to go out and impress some of that real. We saw some hungry dogs out there and Zade Wisdom, baby. Oh, man. My guy. He was real good. My guy. I, he, you know, I just saw uh, uh, one of the. Uh, one of the comments in the chat was like, know thyself, Bill. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I, I can't read aloud. I know this about <laughs> I myself. I know this about me. Zade Wisdom played like a guy who knows himself. Yeah. He drops the gloves against a dude who's 6'7". Yeah, uh, 240. He got him down. It looked like he had him in a compromised position. <laughs> and dude got up, and it was over pretty quickly. Yeah. But listen. Give him it's, credit. It's he, he took the fight. You know, he took the fight. And apparently they fought before. They did. They fought uh, last year, too. So that's wild. Yeah. That he's just like, yeah, give he, me he, some of that. He wanted a rematch. Give me some of that. He's like, this time yeah. I'm going to take him. <laughs> In a rookie game, <laughs> out that, which is awesome. But uh, it seems like everyone was pretty impressed with what they saw out of Zade Wisdom. Like, this is what he's going to be. You know, those few goals he scored to start in the AHL where he had, like, five goals in the first seven games or whatever it was. Yeah. And we were like, hey, bring him up. He's not going to be that. That was just you, Bill. Yeah. All right. It was, <laughs> it was just me. Was just uh, but, like, he's not going to be that probably. You know, but – he is going to be this sort of energy guy. We're always going to have. It's yeah. the Flyers, yeah. man. We're always going to have dudes like this, and it looks like he might be turning the narrative after a rough like season and a half. He was everywhere, and that, I think, was the best part about it, was that he was noticeable on pretty much every single shift. Every single post-whistle scrum, it seemed like, that happened. He was right in the middle of it. He gets oh, into man. that fight. But then, at first, it was just that. I think he might be one of those kind of guys, and there are a lot of guys like this, where they get themselves into the game by being chippy and by throwing, you know, throwing hits and yapping in scrums and pushing and shoving. And then, once they're fully engaged via that, that's when the offensive creativity comes into play because he got stronger, in my mind, as the weekend went on. Like, he was always noticeable, but he started making more plays 
on Saturday. He was maybe the only guy on Saturday that you watch and you're just like, man, he's really like offensively at least, like he's really cooking. And he scores the only he goal. Scored the only scored goal. Scored the only goal, which is a Friday, beautiful shot. On Friday, it was just like, oh yeah, he was running around out there. Yes. Not in a bad way, but you know, he's running around yeah, out exactly. there. Exactly. And then Saturday it was, oh no, he made an offensive impact. Yeah. Not yes, he scored the goal, but he was making plays offensively. Consistently, consistently. And Lappy went out of his way to praise him. Actually, it was in his very first answer on Friday when we asked basically what were his thoughts. And he basically said, Wiz was great. You know, I loved what I saw out of him. Then he goes out on Saturday and is even better. He scores the only goal. He was more consistent offensively, just made a bigger all-around impact rather than just being an energy impact. And then Lappy goes and basically says, so far, he's been our best player. I mean, that's a ringing endorsement. And this is a guy who, don't, don't forget, he spent most of last season in the ECHL. You know, this was a guy who stopped. Was it that much of the season? He spent a lot of the, well, not most, but he spent a significant portion okay. of the year in the ECHL. And if you're getting sent down to a league that doesn't really produce a you lot of. Yeah. Most guys who play in the ECHL, uh, there's success, success stories. We talked about Hayden Hodgson, but it's not as if like Hodgson's going to have a 10 year NHL career. Exactly. Anything, you know? Exactly. Like those are the types of success stories that come out of that league sometimes. If you get sent down there, it's, ooh, you have fallen. Yeah. And he's he, building himself back he up. He is. He is. And I think. He obviously wasn't as underwhelming. He isn't as underwhelming of a player as he looked last year. Maybe this was him just at his absolute best. But we know he's got skill. This is a guy who was on a line with Shane Wright in, in juniors. This is a guy who, as you said, excelled in his first taste of AHL action. It was sort of the AHL, but still. He it was, was 19. Against, yeah, yeah, it was against pro-level guys, and he was young, really young at the time. This was huge for him, not because I think he's going to turn this into like a dark horse run in a roster spot. Let's not get ahead of ourselves here quite yet. But if he can use this as a springboard to impress in main camp for the, the little bit of time he's there and then turn himself into a, a nightly contributor at the AHL level, then suddenly we're talking about something and we're talking about a guy who's kind of revitalized his career from a point where, I mean, we didn't include him on our top 20 prospects list. Like he got votes he was in both of mine and Alex's top 25 because I think both of us really like him as a player we like what he could theoretically bring but he brought it so infrequently last year that you start to wonder you know is he, has he just lost it and what he showed this weekend is he hasn't lost it he's still got that fire he's still got that ability to, to just create energy to create something out of nothing and He's got some skill with the puck, too. So really exciting to see Zay Wisdom take that step this week. Hopefully he can build on it. You know these are my types of players. No, no, I like, know that. When the They're Flyers, everyone's types when of players, the Flyers brought up, I, I just always remember uh, in those 2011 playoffs against the Sabres when it got real chippy, and they were like, you know what? We're bringing up Ronaldo. Oh, my God. It was, I, was I was so, so happy. I was so I was mad. So, I was like, this dude's Ogie Oglethorpe. <laughs> They're bringing him up to fight in a playoff series. And then remember the Tyrell Goldborn call up, the absolute highlight of my career. I want oh him to God. be this guy finally so bad. But like I a want good wisdom. version. Yes, no, like an actual, like a, like good, an yes. actual player. Yeah, a guy who actually <laughs> will be on the team because he can play yes, too. Yes. But these are my types of players, so I'm really, really hoping uh, for wisdom. And we're going to talk about a lot of these guys, but you know, because I talked about Matt Brown on Friday, uh, I just have to bring up Matt Brown. He can skate. He man. can fly. He scored the goal. Yeah, he he scored fly. the their first goal uh, in the Friday game on the power play. Put in that nice rebound off the uh, Brink pass. But 
he he can fly. Yeah, he was one of the better skaters all weekend up there. I think Tuomal is the quickest skater, at least was the quickest skater at rookie camp. Uh, Chirnik, quick too. But Brown was right up there with, with the fastest. Gendron can, can skate as well. Brown was right up there. The, what I'll say about Brown is that it's kind of like a good thing and a bad thing. The bad thing is that I noticed him losing the puck a fair amount in terms of like he would get stick checked and lose the puck and then a possession would end. But part of the reason why it was so noticeable is because he had the puck maybe more than anyone. Like out of all the flyers forwards, I feel like Matt Brown held the puck longer than any of all the other ones on the ice, which again, doesn't speak that well for guys like Brink and Denoye, where like you want those guys having yeah, Bobby the puck. Brink should have the puck. Exactly. You know? And and when Matt Brown, granted Matt Brown's 24, so he's got the age thing going for him, but like he had the puck a lot and that speaks to his ability to put himself in areas to make himself open for passes, to be involved in the build up through the neutral zone, things like that. So he impressed me. Now we talked with assistant GM Brent Flair today, actually before the, uh, the rookie camp sessions at Voorhees and I asked him about Matt Brown because he said yeah he was impressive this weekend we liked what we saw asked him basically is this a guy who you would potentially consider offering an entry-level contract to Flair basically threw cold water on it he said we'll see how it goes throughout the year right now just with our contracts and whatnot he'll have to earn a spot in Lehigh and we'll see how his game develops there but it's always an option so what it seems like I was able to confirm later today that he is on an AHL contract with the Phantoms they signed him to a PTO oh, nice. at the end of last year but then they signed him to a two-year AHL contract at some point during the summer so that's locked down he doesn't have to earn himself an AHL contract he'll be in Lehigh so if he then plays well with that AHL contract over the course of the year, then we may, start talking about an ELC. Maybe he can parlay that into an ELC. But it looks like he's at least going to be around. He's going to be playing for cool. Lappy, and we'll see what we'll see what comes of it. That's I'm, ha I'm I'm I did not see that that you put that in the uh, in our little rundown here that you actually confirmed he's got an AHL contract. I do my job so sometimes, Phil. Charlie is an excellent <laughs> journalist. He, he's 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 listen. I have a journalism degree, and uh, that's I don't. How, that's how I know. <laughs> it's how I know I'm not a journalist because I I got I got educated in it. Amazing. Uh, but Charlie is uh, very good at this stuff. So that's I'm happy for the kid that he actually has an AHL contract too because liked what I saw out of him uh, of the. Of the other kind of bigger name guys, because we talk, you know, the, the ones who disappointed us, we've been through. But of the ones we're expecting to see in the NHL relatively soon, who kind of impressed you a little bit? So I would say, and I wouldn't say he dominated, but I would say out of the guys in the mix, Emil Andre impressed me the most. He showed me the most of what I wanted to see out of in terms of the guys who are legitimately trying to make a push to make the roster. He just played his game. He wasn't quite as physical as he's as I've seen him in the past, but he did throw his weight around. Again, he's not a big guy. He threw some hits. He was mixing it up, but what really impressed me about him was his passing this was a guy who i don't think there was a more decisive passer on the ice in that game both flyers and rangers he just and i i, I noted this on twitter this morning because I, I noticed the same thing watching practice today in Voorhees. he's the kind of guy where you can tell by the way he moves the puck that even before he gets the puck, he has an idea of what he's going to do with it. And that just allows him, it's not that he gets the puck, surveys the situation, and then makes a play. It's that he's already thinking about what play he's going to make before the puck has even landed on his stick. And that just speaks to his vision and it speaks to his ability to anticipate. I liked his game. 
also made me feel better. Lappy liked his game too. So it wasn't just that I was impressed. It was that Lappy came out and we asked him about Andre and he basically said, Andre was good. He called him. I, I, I want to quote this directly. He said, Andre doesn't change his style of play because they go after him. They know he's the best defenseman out there. He's used to it. I was impressed last year and he's the same player, actually even better right now. So Andre, out of the guys who were battling for spots, and I guess I'll include Hel J. Granz and uh, Adam Jang as well, because they both got the endorsement from Lappy too. Those three guys were the ones who didn't disappoint the brass. And I think Andre, out of the three of them, he just did the most because he has the most well-rounded skill set. Yeah. He, he has the best puck-moving ability. He just has the instincts to go out and make plays, whereas guys like Granz and Jenning are more... They're going to be more the stay-at-home stability guys on a pair, whereas Andre's the guy who makes stuff happen. He didn't create a ton offensively, and I think they want to see more of that to be sure. But in terms of building up, in terms of, of being aggressive defensively, in terms of breaking up plays, I thought he was good. I wouldn't say he was great. I will say he was good. And he, while he didn't blow me away, he did what I think he needed to do to keep his momentum going in the right direction. That's when I read that. Uh, I read that that quote in your piece from Lappy just about how he doesn't change his game like they're, they're gonna go after him and he knows it yeah I, I know I made the comparison to Kimo Timonen last week and we both I was like okay yes one of the more underrated players of his generation to sure hard to compare anyone to Kimo that just reminds me a lot of team yeah it does where teams were like yeah we're gonna have to target him on the four check so let's dump in on his side and go hit him and like that sounds like what they do with Andre, and yeah. he knows it's coming, and he knows how to counter it. Well, I'll never forget, and this is just kind of going, going, turning back the clock a little bit. I'll never forget that series they played against Buffalo, and this would have been in 2011. 11, yeah. And Patrick Coletta spent that entire series like actively trying to injure, injure Kimo yeah. Timmons. Oh, yeah. He was going out of his way to late hit him at every moment, slashing him, giving him cheap shots, and I'll never forget. It was in my mind. It was, um, it was Braden Coburn's maybe his best moment as a flyer because Kimo Timonen Kimo Timonen is digging the puck along the boards behind like in the corner behind his net and it's pretty clear that Patrick Coletta from like the face-off dot has lined him up that he's gonna go and he's gonna board him and he's probably gonna injure Kimo Timonen and Coletta's coming in full speed Braden Coburn is is also below the red line on the other side. Braden Coburn sees it, sees what he's doing, comes over, and Coletta is in mid-leap to go kill Kimo Timonen, and Coburn hits him in mid-air and blasts him into the glass. And, like, I stood up. I was watching that game at my aunt's house. It was Easter Sunday, I believe, and I just start cheering. And, That's of course, Coburn gets penalized because it was objectively interference, but it was, like, the best penalty you could ever take. Uh, he should have... The only thing it would have been better if he pulled the D2 and used the rope. Yep. Yeah. It's like two minutes well <laughs> worth it. <laughs> no, but like, that was, I, I always, that series, like their coach going on about the Mike Richards hit and his, he's boohooing about it. Yeah. It's like, like, you spent the whole series trying to injure everyone. Yeah. Like, too bad. Yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, back to the current Flyers. <laughs> um, I think people were I think the Bonk pick got a lot of criticism because we talked about the type of player right. he might end up being, and it's like it's not a high, high-ceiling type of guy. Sure. And people were more impressed than they expected to be with Oliver Bonk, especially considering like he's a child. I got the sense that the general consensus 
from people who watched Friday's game because he only played Friday, to be clear. Bonk only played yes, Friday. Yes, yes. Andre only played Saturday, Saturday because yeah. they just had more defensemen, so they kind of split it up. I got the sense that from people who actually watched Friday's game on the stream or in person that the general consensus was that Bonk was quite impressive. And I, I agree with that. I think Bonk was good. I think Bonk showed... The, the thing that comes out when you watch Bonk is that there's nothing he's bad at. That he can pass, he can skate. Like, he's not a burner. He's not making the same kind of passes that Emil Andre was making, but he wasn't missing on any. He's not going to handle the puck like a grenade. Exactly. Like, he can do pretty much everything well. And you watched him and you're like, yeah, I can see why they, why the scouts watched him play and said, this guy's a surefire NHLer because he looked like a surefire NHLer. That's good to hear. Like, that's, it's the 20s. Like, it's not a high first round pick, but yeah. you still want a ceiling on those guys. Sure. And maybe it's a little higher than I know, like, because I've said, I've categorized him as a stay at home defenseman. And you've said that's probably unfair. Yeah, I push back he's on not, that. I don't think he's, he's a stay at home He's guy. not a, you know, he's not going to be Nick Grossman out no, there. No, no. Like, he's got to be, he's got a little bit more skill than that. Of the uh, other guys that we saw play, I think you were very high going in on uh, Siernik. Yes. And he did nothing to deter what you believe yeah. him to be. He scored uh, on Friday. Uh, Cernick was interesting, uh, or Chiernick is the way you're Chiernick. supposed to pronounce Chiernick. his name. Yes. Um, he was interesting because he had some really bad moments. But my thing is that in a rookie game, I don't mind bad moments if the bad moments are coming because you're taking risks. And that's because when you're you trying talked, to be creative. When you talked about Matt Brown with the turnovers, I always say... Yeah, turnovers can be bad, and there are ill-timed ones. You never want to turn the puck over. Also, go to NHL.com and sort by who led the league in turnovers. It's all the best players because yep. they have the puck, and exactly. they're trying to do hard shit. Exactly, yeah. And, and Chirinik was. I don't think there was anybody on the ice for the Flyers, at least. I wasn't paying super close attention to the Rangers, but I don't think there was anybody on the, on the ice for the Flyers that was trying the kind of high-difficulty passes, especially with the regularity he was as Chirinik. Like, he had one play and this wasn't even a pass but this was just one of those plays where you you had you stood up and took notice i think it was on saturday he was coming through the neutral zone there was like a line of two guys it was a forward and a defenseman so they were actually gapped up pretty well as he was as Chirner was trying to get into the offensive zone he banks it off the boards goes cuts around the two outskates them both and then catches up to the puck around the faceoff dot and then sets up a guy right in the low slot for a chance and it was like shit this dude can play it's a play that everyone tries in men's league. And he pulled it off. Like, and he actually, like, that's the ultimate. Yeah, if I can, I can probably just outskate this guy because he's going backwards. Yeah. Like, this is men's league, but he's doing it in, a, in the real game. Yeah. And it, it worked out. Uh, and if you're looking to have things work out, now that's a horrible one. Uh, I, it, 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 it's one of those, it was so bad, it was good. <laughs> like, was like, where am I going with this? Uh, you have to check out FOCO, our friends over at FOCO, because they have the absolute best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms listen it's football and tailgating season i think uh listen it's it's not happening right yet we can't give you any real details but keep your eyes peeled for a tailgate and if you're looking for for gear to maybe wear to this hypothetical tailgate that we're looking to put on you got to check out foco because they have everything you need for game day whether you're looking for team apparel and accessories or toys and collectibles novelty items stuff like we have right behind us you know you're always looking to decorate that man cave foco <laughs> has you covered uh, and they always has our they always have our back for philly sports and they have yours too you can get the best gear around by using the link in the description of 
sponsored this show. And for all non-presale items, use code PHLY for 10% off. Check out our fans. Uh, t- check out our friends at FOCO. Great for all fans. Uh, someone I am a fan of is uh, Denver Barky, mostly because of his name. It's a great name. Mostly Fantastic because of his name. hockey name. Uh, but it seems like he uh, had a pretty good showing as well. People were pretty excited about what he did. He set up the Zade Wisdom goal on Saturday. He picked up some points and, you know, they only scored three goals over the weekend. Two of them he picked up assists on. Exactly. And Barky's one of those guys where I think he's quickly becoming one of my favorite prospects. And when I say favorite, I don't mean somebody I think is one of the best prospects in the organization, but just a guy that I enjoy watching play. I was really disappointed that he really wasn't able to participate in the on-ice stuff for development camp because I was really looking forward to seeing him in person after the draft. He lived up to my expectations i thought he was really good his very first shift on friday he goes and tries to lay a hit on someone who was probably like six two six three he's five nine he immediately <laughs> fell on his ass it was funny but i respected the yeah, effort he tried he's he tried and that's the thing and probably i just slowed him up a little even, even brent flair noted that today because we asked him about barking he said you watch him and number one he's fun but number two you think to yourself like man when he gains like 15 20 pounds <laughs> well, he's gonna be something i looked up his number and maybe he's put on a little bit of this it was just on i think hockey db i looked it up 155? Yeah, yeah. He's small. And it, That's so, what I weighed in the fourth grade. <laughs> also, and I wasn't the only one who made this comment because I think Lappy made the comment, then Brent Flair made the comment. When we interviewed Denver Barkey, like, look, all of these guys look young, and we're getting older, unfortunately. But he looks like he's 14. I was at Dunkin' Donuts he today. He truly and like, looks like he's 14. Like, he still very much has the baby face, <laughs> and he's also just not a big dude. Like, compare that to, like, Mateo Mann, who, like, he looks like a man. <laughs> he's got, like, a full-on, like, stubble, and he looks like... He, he could pass for 24. Denver Barkey could pass for 15. It would be very easy, but Denver Barkey did not play like he was 15. He played, like, in my mind, one of the more consistently impactful players on the team. And one thing that actually... This was a low-key thing that impressed me about it. He did it at center. Like, I have a suspicion that given his size, he will ultimately, if he makes the NHL, he'll be a wing. But the fact that he was as impactful as he was against not NHLers, but definitely against guys who have designs on being there soon, and he was that impactful despite playing center and not the wing position I imagine he'll ultimately be if he makes the NHL, that impressed me too. I liked really, I really liked what I saw from Denver Barkey. The uh, so we talked about Andre and he's he's got I think he's probably the closest to the NHL right now. Well, Jennings did play a game last year. Yeah, he, but he I got think him. Andre is the one people are really looking to see make he's an just, impact. He's just a more fun player. Yeah. M- look, he's the one that they're looking to see actually make an impact, yes. potentially be an impact player in the NHL. Uh, but it seems like there's kind of a competition between Granz and uh, and Jenning and. Everything I've seen, people are more impressed, but it looks like Lappy praised them both. Yeah, Lappy liked both their games. I did get the sense that the uh, the online contingent, especially, was much more impressed by Granz than Jinning. Um, I think it's just because Granz, he can do more things. And he's more polished yeah, at this point. Yeah, he's... I don't... I mean, he's more polished in some ways. Granz could definitely make more things happen with the puck, and Granz is probably a better skater probably like just thinking back i would put him on, on another level he can just do more things in jenning jenning is significantly more physical like Granz, you can tell 
you can see why some coaches can get frustrated with him because he he looks like he should be more physical than he actually is, whereas Jennings doesn't miss a okay. chance to delay a hit or or try to, you know, outmuscle someone in the corner, whereas Granz is the guy where, you know, the the guy who's six foot one eighty is like kind of pushing him off the puck and you're like, dude, you're bigger and stronger than him. What are you doing? But Granz made more plays, he did more things. I th- I get the sense that so he's Coburn. What is he's Coburn? <laughs> a little Coburn. Um, I'll say that uh, Jinning I think enters camp a leg up over Gronz in really? large. It, well, they know him. Like okay, yeah, J- okay. Jinning was good in yeah, the AHL okay. last year, at least according to the organization's opinion. They really liked what they saw. He got the game in the NHL. They just know him more. Gronz I think was fine. I think he he didn't hurt himself, but. I do think that if it comes down to one of those two guys making the team, and I don't necessarily think that's what it's going to be, but if it does, Jennings, the guy who has more backers in the organization, whereas Granz was more of a, oh, well, we got to take something to even out this trade. Like, they gave us a list of five prospects. Talk to the scouts. Who do they like the most? Yeah, that Granz guy, he's got something. Get him. But it wasn't like they made the Ivan Provorov deal because they targeted LJ the tar- Granz. Yes, exactly. he was not the reason they made the trade. Exactly. Absolutely. You know, we, we've been talking about this game, and uh, talking about games is fun. The most fun thing, though. Rumors, Charlie. But oh, we love before rumors. Before we get to the rumors, <laughs> it is uh, time to talk about Game time. That's right. It is game time because buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Watching the Flyers, stressful. Going to the game itself, that shouldn't be stressful. And game time has you covered in that that regard because it is the the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports plus music, comedy, and theater near you uh, with killer deals on last-minute tickets and the best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have game time is the place for last minute ticket deals forget planning months in advance game time is ticket deals on tickets right up to the day of the event my uh my wife ava loves pink she's a big fan of pink playing the the musician the musician okay. pink yes, i was not like, the, the color yes. uh, <laughs> The musician, the <laughs> okay, artist, just making sure. and she is playing a concert tomorrow in Philly. I think oh, it's cool. the Citizens Bank Park, and yeah, she's been pretty supportive of this new venture I'm on, and I think I might surprise her with some tickets. I was checking them out on the Game Time app today. They'll be available right up to the time of the event tomorrow, so I'm probably going to pull this off. Bill, so is, is it really a surprise if you announce it on the show? She's not going to listen. <laughs> so how supportive has she really been, <laughs> Bill? Uh, she didn't tell me I can't join, <laughs> so it's pretty nice. But, you know, she'll listen back eventually. She doesn't want to hear about hockey. I start talking about the show. She's like, talk. Talk to Charlie about this. Like, don't you have someone else? I'm here else for you, you Bill. I'm here for you. Like, one, one of the redheads in my life will listen about this, and it isn't my <laughs> it wife. Isn't uh, but so I'm, I might uh, have to surprise her with some tickets to go see Pink, and I'm going to use game time to do it. And I don't have to plan months in advance to do it, and you don't have to either. You can get exclusive flash deals on tickets, not just for concerts, but football, basketball, baseball, comedy, theater, all of that. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, you will get credited 110% of the difference. You're going to make money on this. That's how confident they are that Game Time is the only place. So snag tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price 
guaranteed. And I guess it, it's a uh, it's a guarantee we're not getting Shane Pinto. I would say it's um, not looking great. At it's the moment. not. I mean, just the rumors. It, it it would be a nice trade to make. And what I like is that it seems to have been confirmed that you know Ottawa's having trouble clearing space to be able to get Shane Pinto signed. Yes, they need about he's, two. He's a pending. He's, well, he's not a pending. He is a restricted free agent. He's a good young player. He is. He's a good young 20 player. Twenty goals last year in his first full time season in the NHL. He's a nice. He's a big center. The Flyers could need that. What I like about it more than anything, if they can get him, awesome, cool. Bring in someone, see if it works. Um, it's got a little bit of that. We're always trying to. It's the yes. Howie Roseman. Yes. We're not. We're never done. Like, oh yeah, camp starts in two days. Guess what? Roster's not set. If we have to trade Morgan Frost and make this happen, we were like, I have no idea what the offer was. I'm just saying I like the idea. You know, Danny started off getting the job. It was like, oh, you're listening on Carter Hart? And he's like, we're listening on everyone. We're doing everything we can. We're having every conversation we can to make this team better. And... That's what I'm seeing here, and I like it. Yeah, and just to give some background for people who aren't aware of this, so Shane Pinto is a, a young center for Ottawa. Uh, his his entry-level contract expired. Last year was his first really full season in the NHL. He had like a five-game, yeah, he had a 12-game yeah. stint. Last year, he played 80 games. Exactly, 82 games, 20 goals, 15 assists, 35 points uh, in 82 games. So a solid season for him. He is yet to be signed. Obviously, training camp is getting started. And really, all this rumor stuff, got kicked off on Friday on the uh, the 32 Thoughts podcast with Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick. Um, Friedman basically said on that podcast when they were talking about negotiations that the Senators are listening. He does not think the Senators want to trade Shane Pinto, but they're listening. And to quote Elliot, he said, teams I kind of wonder about in all this, I kind of wonder about Boston, which makes sense. They don't have any centers. Bergeron <laughs> and Krejci are gone. And then he also added, I also wonder about someone like Philly, which then started i believe i think anthony sanfilippo reported a few days later that he had heard that the flyers are in i think anthony demarco reported the same today but this is all stemming from that friedman report on friday on 32 thoughts with regards to this i mean to me this rumor it does and you mentioned his name i'm not saying that morgan frost was the player offered what i am saying is that it would make sense if he was because if you trade for shane pinto suddenly where does morgan frost fit and you could see why why the flyers like you could see the case they could make to ottawa and say hey Morgan Frost is already signed. He signed a, probably the deal that you want to sign Pinto to, that maybe he's asking for more. He's a little bit older. So if you're trying to win now, maybe he fits your timeline better than Pinto does, who might go through some growing pains. Whereas, yeah, whereas we've already went through the growing pains with Morgan Frost, but Pinto might be the higher upside guy because he's a couple of years younger, might fit the Flyers' timeline a little bit better than Frost might. So to me... That's where this rumor, like, that's the interesting part about this rumor. And for the me. Flyers have the cap space to bring someone back. Exactly. They could take because on. Because they have to do a salary dump. Exactly. They could take on a salary dump to After allow they this LTIR Ellis. Ellis. They can't do it until then. Yeah. But. but to me, this is more of a, if the Flyers were involved in this conversation, and enough people have reported this for me to believe that, yeah, they at least were involved, at least to the point made of, a call. of kicking the tires. Yeah. This is... Who would you rather have, Shane Pinto or Morgan Frost? That's the question here. And to me, while 
Frost. I, I think it's one of those things where it depends, again, on whether you believe the second-half version of Morgan Frost is the real Morgan Frost because Pinto is younger, Pinto is bigger. Pinto, looking at the advanced stats, I had uh, Pinto by... By expected goal impact, it was in the 49th percentile last year. By Corsi impact, this is among NHL forwards. And by Corsi impact, he was in the 70th percentile, whereas Frost was 37th percentile by XG, 24th percentile by Corsi. So a better play driver around the same in terms of maybe goal scoring. Frost is probably a better play mark, playmaker, but he's two years older. So if that was the thinking of like, hey, maybe we can get a bigger version a bigger younger version of morgan frost for morgan frost i see it that said the underlying caveat here is that ottawa apparently really doesn't want to trade this guy no, this which is just, why i don't think it's ultimately going to happen it's, they're in like a just a spot where they have to figure out a way to dump some cap yeah. so they can get him signed and it's like well we might not be able to do that and we might have to do something else exactly so if that arises the flyers made the call and we're like hey how interested are you and i like that yeah, i like that they're making the call uh, i will say like i don't know if i believe what we saw from you know, December through the end of the year out of Morgan Frost is the real Morgan Frost. I am in a... Listen, if you can upgrade, if they think yeah. Pinto's better, go ahead. I am kind of in a place, though, with Frost where it's like, get rich or die trying. You're either going to make it here or... I, <laughs> like, I just want to see what happens. I don't even care if you... I don't care if you don't make it. I just want to see the end of the story. Like, I always tell my friends... Um, if you're a serial killer, like if we're in a... Uh, Where are you going with no, this? No, no. Where are you going with <laughs> If you're a serial killer, like if, if a horror movie situation unfolds, I'm not saying spare me, but leave me to the end because I want to see... Like I want to be in the grand reveal. Okay. okay. Like I want to see the end of the story. <laughs> like I just want to see the end of the story with Morgan Frost. I want it to happen here whether he makes it or not. So like I'm not super high... Again... If you can upgrade, upgrade. Yeah. But I, I just want to know. Yeah. Like, I feel I have too much invested to not find out now. It's fair. And to be fair. You like how it, I got here? I do. I do. <laughs> and I think one of the fears with Frost, and I think this is a justifiable fear, especially with the way this organization has done business for decades, is that, well, what if you trade Frost and then he's the next Justin Williams? Now, totally different types of players, but same idea where you trade him, he flourishes elsewhere, and then you're kicking yourself. The difference in a trade, a theoretical trade like this, is that this isn't you trading Justin Williams for a win now veteran. This is you or this is you trading Morgan Frost for a younger Morgan Frost. And maybe you're wrong. Maybe Morgan Frost ultimately is better. And that's the way their respective careers play out. But maybe you're betting on this guy being the better version or at least a better fitting version in your future lineup with your future timeline. Ultimately, I don't think it happens. I think Frost sticks around at the very least for the season. I think Pinto will ultimately re-sign in Ottawa. But as you said, it's good to hear that, that Briere is kicking the tires and looking to upgrade wherever possible, even if, and this is the big thing, like Let's not get carried away on Shane Pinto. He's a nice player. Maybe in an ideal scenario, he's a good second-line center, and th I think that might be stretching it a bit. He's more, to me, a middle six guy. He's not solving the Flyers' biggest problem, which is they need top-of-the-lineup guys that can make things happen. Pinto's a good role player if he hits. He might be better version of more, like, yeah. we're trying to figure out where Morgan Frost fits. Can he be a 3C? How high can we elevate him? And it's like... All right, well, Pinto might actually hit that ceiling. Yeah. Or, he, like, Frost could be better. We exactly, don't know. Exactly, exactly. But 
this isn't solved. This is a trade where it's a good trade at the margins, maybe. It's a good thing to look into because you should always be trying to improve. But this isn't saving the Flyers. No. Like, they need They're... really good players. Shane Pinto does not project as a really good player. Like, Connor Bedard is the only thing saving the Flyers, and I don't Fair. think he's available. Uh, that for, Everyone talked about that sharp angle goal. That first one with that wrist shot that went opposite corner, like, uh, that's impossible to do. Yeah, he's going to be he's ridiculous. Gonna, uh, anyway, sucks so much. He's in Chicago. So once we actually get like in the flow of this show uh, and like have our format, like stand, that's really going to happen once the game start and everything. But I really want to do Monday mailbag episodes. If for no other reason, than I want to sing just another mailbag Monday. Oh my God. That's really the reason I want to do really, it more Bill? than anything. Really? Yeah, it, oh, it is. Geez. But we do have, uh, I didn't actually ask for any mailbag questions today because I knew we had a bunch of stuff to get into with the, uh, uh, with the rookie games. Right. But we did get one question from uh, Jared that's a at JBPHI. And he wonders, have Torts and maybe more importantly, Briere talked about which side they want York to play? It seems clear the Flyers' D depth chart now mirrors uh, their offensive depth chart pre-draft and that they're missing the guy. Right. Uh, if they draft a left-handed defenseman with the guy potential, then what? And this kind of... I don't know. I think the lefty-righty thing, because they had no right-handed defenseman for a few years there, they've gone overboard. Like, we have to have a left and a right. And it's... You know how many left-handed defensemen grew up playing the right side? Because there's a ton of them. Like, if you want to play, someone's going to have to play the right. Yeah. I don't think you let this sort of, like, determine what you do going, like, well, no. we don't have a right, so we need, no. like, no, if a can't. left-handed defenseman is out there, like, you figure it out later. Uh, can Cam York play the right? Can this hypothetical guy play the right? I don't think you let that matter. You can always make a trade. You can always train a guy to play the other side. You figure something. It's like we talked about with the draft. Like, oh, well, they need a center. They need a defenseman. Take the best player. <laughs> and figure it out later because you can never have enough good players. Oh, I'm 100% with you. And to be clear, I think that York can play both sides. I really do. I think in an ideal world, they'd love to have him back on the left yeah. because I think they know he prefers playing on the left, that it just fits. And if it's probably more important for him defensively than offensively just because – Look, he's a small guy. He's going to... We, we talked about with Emil Andre that teams were gunning for him. They're, they're going to try to hit him. They're going to try to do the same thing with Cam York, especially if he ends up on the first pair facing off against, you know, top lines and top deep pairs all the time. People are going to be seeking him out. They're going to be trying to, you know, make it tough on him to break the puck out. It's tougher. It's even tougher if he's having to do that all on his backhand while taking on 25, 26 minutes a night as a top pair defenseman. So ideally, yeah, you want him on the left side. That said, he showed last year he can play the he can play the right. And he played quite well on the right with Ivan Provorov. Like if let me put it this way, and I'm I'm gonna mess up this guy's pronunciation, his name. Um, Damn it, Charlie! You know that's the one thing I care about. It's basically like like the ideal. There's it's less shooing off. He's like the the guy right now defensively. He's a righty. He's like the top defenseman. He's playing for he's he's playing for um, uh, Michigan State this year, and he's a righty. So it would kind of fucking rule if uh, <laughs> if he ends up being the guy then york you move him back to the left that just makes all the sense in the world now granted you know aside from the mishkoff thing like the way things where you hope things play out doesn't always 
actually how they play out. But it would be, I think, ideal if you get a really good right-hand defenseman who can be the guy. But if the really good guy they get is a lefty, you you'll make it work. It out. You make yeah. it work. Um, only a few minutes left in the show, but uh, I don't think there's anyone after us. So I want to get to this Babcock stuff, Charlie. Oh, here we go. Uh, it is so goddamn funny. It is one of the funniest. Well, one, it's really funny because he didn't do anything like bad. Like he's not Bill Peters, or you know, he's. Uh, you can't do what he did, and it seems like resigning was the good, you know, the good call here. But it is. Hilarious. It is objectively hilarious that Mike Babcock, known for being an asshole, <laughs> couldn't make it to game to preseason game once. Wild. Couldn't make it to camp. The start of main camp. Couldn't get to the start of their actual training camp <laughs> because he's having players uh, airplay their photo albums on like a wall. It like it became a much bigger deal than it seemed like a few days ago. But I even asked, like I put this out on Twitter. Once an investigation starts with the Players Association, how could they ever get to the point where it's like, yeah, everything's cool, he's the coach, and someone replied to me like, well, yeah, when they figure out they still have to pay him. <laughs> the, the wording here that Babcock resigns tells me he ain't getting paid. I mean, I have no idea, yeah, it, it, but it's typically exactly. when you get fired or relieved of your duties, you, you still get paid. When you resign, that means you left of your like own volition. It, we're not paying you when you quit. All I can say is that I'm sure there will be lawyers. <laughs> also, the, the, the resignation thing, what that told me also, and I was looking at it kind of from the other side in terms of him getting paid, where it was... You can resign we, and yeah. we'll pay you, or we can keep okay. this investigation going, fire you for cause, and then you get nothing. That's you know what so that could maybe very well be. That. that could very well be too. That's a definite possibility. Um, on Thirty Two Thoughts, I was listening today because they did it. They did an episode basically reacting to, to this. To be sure, yeah. Um, Elliot Friedman said, "We're watching the end of somebody's career." Do you believe that to be the case? Yeah, I can't imagine. You, you, you <laughs> believe that he will be back? We thought the last one. <laughs> like, we, we knew about all this stuff before. We knew he wasn't a good guy before. And he gets this job. I, I bet you... It, He's, I, I, he's I would, 60. He's not a young man. No, he's not. But, like, there's plenty of old dudes hanging around in hockey. I could very well see him getting another job. Not in the not not in the next six months, but like twenty twenty five. I could see him getting a well, coaching job. So I don't, or being a consultant somewhere. Okay, well, yes, I could absolutely see him being popping in front up, office. popping up in somebody's front office. Or I mean, we're seeing that you know clearly Bill Peters can get a job in, <laughs> yeah, in, in the WHL. Grant, that's not the NHL. But like, yeah. could I could I see Mike Babcock popping up in Europe? or popping up in Canadian juniors or something, or coaching a college team, sure. I do not think he will ever coach an NHL you see, team again. see, the thing, like, I can't... I mean, it would be wild, because, like, if he's this bad with players, then you have him coach college kids. But you know what? There's a lot of people still in the game who really do think that, like, fuck these kids, they should be punished. Oh, you know what yeah. I mean? No. And, and there's enough people in positions of power that someone will think that, you know what these kids need? They need Mike Babcock to show it's, them what's what. I just thought it was funny, like, Johnny Goudreau and Boone Jenner first 
first came out. He was like, no, this was nothing bad. And Johnny Goudreau kind of supported Babcock. And it's funny because Johnny played for Bill Peters you know, yeah, in yeah. Calgary. Uh, so he's like, oh, he's nowhere near as bad as that guy. <laughs> like, that's how I read it. Right. But like, it's the young kids. If he were to work in hockey again, I would just guess NHL because like, how could you have him around a junior team or a, like those are the ones who have the problem with them. It seems like the vets are well, at least I, at this stage, I'm the sure vets the, are, yeah, the vets sure the are vets used to these either. types of dudes. Yeah. They're like, yeah, he's a coach. They're all dicks. Exactly. But, all right. I, I, don't, I just had yeah. to react to this story because it's no, the funniest it's guy. And the Flyers do open up in Columbus. That's true. Not against Mike Babcock. Apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> it's the funniest story in hockey and the biggest story in hockey, so we did have to touch on it. But uh, that is all the time we have for you on today's episode of PHLY Flyers. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Search PHLY wherever there are podcasts. And boom, daily content. It's really, you know, I used to say, and boom, content. And it was like, yeah, whenever I feel like doing something. <laughs> but no, we actually have daily content sure here do. at PHLY. So check it out. And uh, maybe check out allphly.com. Sign up to be a diehard member and read Charlie's articles because they are damn good. Charlie can write. Uh, so that's it for Thank us. You, Thank you all for listening. My name is Bill Matz for Charlie O'Connor. Have a great week, Philly. <laughs> Silly like the mayor, 